Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Fit Professional One podcast. As always, I'm so grateful that you've joined us today. I'm thrilled to have a guest, Kira Bree, who is a just-graduated All-American collegiate student-athlete venturing out into the private sector, and I just can't wait to discuss everything there is about Fit Professionals and just that whole progression with Kayla. So I'm so glad you've joined me today. Kayla, welcome. And why don't we just start off by you telling us your story. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I grew up in Egan, Minnesota, which is the southeast suburb of the Twin Cities. I have two sisters, an older sister and a younger sister. And we all three grew up playing sports our whole life. All three of us played hockey. I played all the way through high school and college. And then my two sisters stopped playing hockey in high school. But my younger sister went on to play soccer in college for a couple of years as well. But like I said... I played all kinds of sports when I was younger, but the two that really caught my interest the most were hockey and soccer. So I played hockey well, and soccer all the way through high school and then continued my career of hockey into college. In high school, for my soccer career, I won the state championship twice for Minnesota playing for Egan. So once my sophomore year and then once my senior year and my senior year, I was all state and all tournament team for soccer. So that was a really exciting way to end my soccer career. Definitely left that sport without any regrets, which is really exciting. And then my senior year of high school, my hockey team took third place in the state tournament. It was the only year that we had made it to state which, you know, we all dream of making it to the state hockey tournament when living in Minnesota. So it was really a dream come true. And then I was also named all tournament team for hockey that year as well. And then moving into college, I'd kind of decided on going to Gustavus pretty young. I think I had committed there right after my junior year of high school, which for D3 hockey is really early. A lot of people don't commit until well into their senior year sometimes. I mean, one of my teammates didn't commit till decision day. So I knew really early on that Gustavus is where I wanted to be. It was actually the only college I applied to. So got accepted to there and started my freshman year. My freshman season, we made it to playoffs, but lost in the semifinal round to St. Thomas. But I was named to the all-rookie team my freshman year. And then moving into my sophomore year, we made it to the national tournament, but we had to play in a playing game and we played our playing game against River Falls and end up losing. But the next day, the entire tournament got canceled due to COVID. So in some ways, losing that game gave closure to the seniors that were graduating. But also, obviously, we would have loved to win. So yeah, my sophomore year spring, we all got sent home thinking we we're only going home for, you know, a couple of weeks. And we ended up never coming back. And then my junior year, I was named captain, but that's also still in the midst of COVID. So we really didn't have a season that year. We played all of six games. So it was a really tough year socially and, you know, for a whole team, it was tough to really be able to hang out and do stuff. But I think that made us even stronger for our next season. So junior year. We all came back and ended up winning the conference and the conference playoff. We went on to the national tournament where we upset River Falls to make it to the Frozen Four that year, which was out in Middlebury. And we were 
by far the underdogs for the whole tournament. I think we were only ranked like eighth in the nation, but we upset the number two seed in the tournament, which was Plattsburgh. And then we went on to the championship game to play Middlebury, who was the host. And we ended up losing in two overtime to Middlebury my junior year. Yeah. So, and that year I was named first team All-American as a defender. And I received the NCAA Elite 90 award, which is awarded to the student athlete in the Frozen Four with the highest GPA. So it was really heartbreaking. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And I think I got it mixed up. That was my senior year, I meant to say, not my junior year. So yeah, my senior year, we lost in the championship, complete heartbreak. But sitting in the locker room after that game, I had decided well before that I was coming back for a fifth year. And sitting in the locker room after that game, I just knew that the next year we would not have the same result. So fast forward to my fifth year, we'd only lost, I think, four girls from the team before. So we were a very experienced team, but we kind of had a slow start. We thought it would just click right as soon as we came back to school, but didn't really happen. I mean, our record didn't show that, but you know, our team internally knew that we weren't playing as well as we could. So our team ended up going to Europe during December and January over the new year. And that was a really good bonding experience for a whole team. I think everybody, but two or three players went on the trip. So it really allows us to become closer as a team. So pretty much after we came back from break, our team really started to pick up momentum and play a lot better. We won the conference, won the MIAC, and then we went on to the national champ for the national tournament. And we had to play River Falls again, and they had beat us twice earlier in the year. But we got to have a home ice advantage, which was big. The stands were packed, which for any team is very hard to play against. And we ended up beating River Falls 2-1 to one to get a claim our spot in the Frozen Four, which ended up being at Amherst out east again. So we went out to Amherst and ended up playing, middle, or playing Plattsburgh again in the semifinal game. And that game went into two overtimes where we eventually won. And then I think this past year, they implemented a day break in between the semifinal and the championship, which was the first time they've done it, which really saved our team after having to play, you know, two overtimes the game before. And then we played Amherst in the championship again against the host team. They did not have as many fans as Middlebury, which helped a little, but we ended up beating Amherst in three overtimes to win the national tournament. So it was almost two full games of hockey. And along with that, I was named first team All-American, received the Elite 90 award, and was first team academic All-American as well. Wow. I mean, congratulations. I had that part I met. I didn't do deep enough research. All of overtime, good Lord. I mean, yep. thank God for the extra day. That makes sense. I mean, I've watched hockey, never played it. And to me, it looks like a sprint sport and you go out there and you go as hard as you can and, and you need that rest of my God through overtime. Congratulations. That's so fun to ride along. And then keeping your GPA up there too. Tell us, first of all, for the listener, I'm not sure they know what MIAC is. That's your conference, right? Yeah. Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference. Yep. Yeah, nothing to see that. A lot of really good teams in Minnesota. So congratulations with the success there too. And tell us a little bit about the Elite 90 Award. What are the qualifications? How do they pick that? 
So it's basically they take all four teams that are in the final four for hockey and it's whichever athlete has the highest GPA. I think you have to be at least a sophomore. I think you have to have at least two semesters in order to be eligible. Okay. And congratulations because playing a sport like having a job at one school with the rigors and everything, they just go, wow, kind of like now what? But you have a great job. Tell me what you're most excited about going from where you've been to where you are right now. I mean, tell us what's exciting about this new job. Yeah, I forgot to mention that I got my degree in public Ah. accounting and I graduated in January. So then I stayed on campus while I lived off campus, but stayed down in St. Peter through the end of the school year for everybody else. But I was studying for my CPA exams all spring while finishing hockey. So I took and passed all four of my exams. I took my last one June 1st, and then I just started my job today at Clifton Larson Allen, which is a professional services firm, and I'll be working in audit. Congratulations. Thank you for taking the time today to do this podcast. The listener doesn't know, but I have some settings wrong on my computer, and we have an extra 10 minutes into this just letting me catch up so i really appreciate your patience but that is is just non-stop is that how it was going from high school to college too you just super busy yeah i mean when you play i mean two sports at one point i was running track and field as well so i mean during the springs there was times that i was playing three sports at one time so i mean kind of used to not really having much free time which will be a little bit of adjustment now that I'm done with sports. But yeah, I'm used to kind of just go, go, go. And so let's talk a little bit. It's a good time to pivot into just trying to get the listeners to to learn from your extraordinary success. Tell us first about how high school, all that effort in high school that you offer a successful collegiate. Yeah, well, academically in high school, Egan is known as one of the best high schools in the state. So academically, I was very prepared for college. I mean, my freshman year, I thought college was easier than high school. If that says anything, just because you have so much more free time. I mean, high school, you're, I was in class from 725 until like 2.30, whereas, you know, college, you're taking four classes, which not all four every day of the week. But in high school, I took a lot of AP and college, it's called CIS, which is college in the school classes. So I was already kind of used to the higher level classes and, you know, figuring out how to manage time between my schoolwork and my sports. So that really helped me once I got to college. And then athletically, I, growing up, had a lot of really good coaches. I would say my high school soccer coach, I think probably still to this day, one of the best coaches I've ever had. And I think he really prepared me for my collegiate career, even if it wasn't in soccer, just seeing all the mental aspect of it and what to, you know, how high school sports and college sports are very different. But I think my soccer coach ran our high school soccer team, like a college soccer team, which I mean, some may not have liked, but for me, you know, I really thrived and obviously we're very successful winning two state championships. And then in, in my youth hockey, I had a lot of really good coaches that helped prepare me to take my athletic career to the next level. Excellent. But- I want to key in on, you said your soccer coach helped prepare you mentally too. 
Can you tell us more about that? Because I'm a real advocate of, I think sport teaches mental toughness. Did you experience that or how did you experience that? Yeah, I think he was really good at, you know, disciplining us and also giving positive reinforcement. And one thing that he really focused on was not trying to single out players. So if somebody messed up or we did something wrong, like, it wasn't just one player that was getting punished, you know, the whole team would be running or whatnot. So I think he did a good job at like really emphasizing that you're all a team and it's not just like one person's fault if, you know, we get scored on or if we lose or if something goes wrong in a drill. But he really prepared me for, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies in sports. Like there has to be a side of coaches that's tougher. Otherwise, I mean, it's really hard to motivate players at times without yelling or just trying to be positive all the time, which I think that really gave me some insight before getting to college. I like to just kind of motivation is difficult, right? Because the intrinsic motivation is in you and it pushes you along. So those coaches are responsible for discipline, right? Did you see that as enhancing your understanding and willingness to move forward and execute as a team? Because you use the word punishment, which I completely understand as a little bit of sport. I had to stop at high school and couldn't play as good as you in anything, but I learned the same thing. And I think that occasionally there's people out there that don't really understand it. You're talking about something that's actually positive, right? Yeah. I mean, our coaches were always talk about like, you know, we would have to skate or run, but there's a difference between doing that as a punishment and doing it to get better. And go. I think it's important to know the difference between the two. Seldom were we running or skating as punishment. A lot of times, you know, it's a means to the sport you're playing is to condition. And so it's almost putting up and preparing yourself for breaking what stuck and embracing it so that you can just prevail because it's going to hit you in the game, I suppose. Yeah. And another thing too, is like during those tough times, I mean, you're all in it together, which was one of, I think one of the important things is, you know, like you're all going through the same thing together, which is also a motivating factor, you know, if I can do it or if they can do it, I can do it, which was really important during both my soccer and hockey careers. Besides going through that, what else develops cross on a team? I would say my teams, like, especially my hockey team, we're always really close friends. We're really like a family, especially at Gustavus. So I think just having relationships outside of the sport also builds trust. And then, you know, also like being responsive to what people are saying. And I think not being a selfish player helps in building trust too, knowing that, you know, we have each other's backs and we're not just playing for ourselves. As you took the position of captain and understand you were captain uh, at Gus Davis and you're also captain on the soccer team one year, were you captain on the high school hockey team? Yeah, so I was a captain at Gus Davis my junior, senior, and then fifth year, so three years. Okay. And then hockey, I was captain my senior year. And then soccer, I was a captain my junior and senior years. Okay, so that is just excellent. And so the question I'm about to ask in the discussion, I think is really good. So you actually played all these sports as a non-captain and you, then you played them as a captain. Can you tell us what changed in that role? I think a big part of it is, you know, when I'm younger, I know I'm the younger one and you look up to your older players. 
So, and then, you know, as you become the older player on the team, you kind of have more of a role of setting an example to the younger players. As far as like a non-captain role, I really don't believe there's that much of a difference. I think you can be a leader, whether you're a captain or you're not. But yeah, for me, I- Tell more about that. That's interesting. And I think I, I heard my experience too, but do you stand on that? Yeah, I mean, not everybody can be a captain on the team. Not every senior can be a captain. You know, that's just how it works. But that shouldn't stop you from being a leader, which our coach emphasized a lot. I mean, you can be a very impactful leader if you're not wearing a captain. As far as, you know, motivating other players, setting good examples, working really hard, you know, organizing team events. I mean, that doesn't just have to be a captain's thing. And I think if you're a good captain, you know that and you recognize that and you should encourage other players to play a leadership role, which I think Gustavus did really well. I think there's a lot more girls on the team that could have been captains that weren't. But, you know, if you came to one of our practices, I don't know if he would really know who was a captain who wasn't. That's powerful. And, and so that's a good pivot into the concept of alignment, right? In business, I'm always envious of sports teams because it's a little bit clear what the goal is, right? National championship is awesome. It's a big goal. Conference championship, playing the sport of hockey, you have a position. In corporate America, it gets a little tougher. And what you just described, I would label alignment. Does that feel right to you or would you add anything to how to make sure you have a really good aligned team? Well, I think one of the important things is everybody brings something different to the table. So I think that's why there can be so many different leaders because everybody leads in different ways. So I think it is important to have all of those people willing to take a leadership role because, I mean, some may respond to other leaders more than others just because of how they lead. So I think, yeah, alignment and, you know, having leaders, you know, both for like younger employees versus older employees, I think is important too, because everybody has different aspects. Excellent. So it's actually what I'm interested in is you learn all kinds of things about team, how they work, why they're successful. I mean, literally in both high school and college, you had one of the best shares I've ever heard of. And doesn't mean you watched, by the way. I know you contributed in a huge, huge way, but that is such a great spot. So what were the strengths that built up in you that you can now apply in your professional career? I mean, the most obvious one is probably teamwork. I mean, I have always been somebody that cares more about my team success than my individual success. So, you know, I would have traded all my individual awards and in for just the one national championship that we ended up winning. So I think that'll be really important transitioning into my professional career. You know, going along with that, I would say perseverance and dedication. I mean, it takes a lot being, you know, a college or any athlete. So I think that'll definitely transition into my professional career as well. You know, being an accountant, there's definitely times of the year that it's going to take a lot of perseverance and dedication to get through the busy season. But yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a different kind of wind spring. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just lifting me to your two, I think. To accomplish what you did, you're profoundly mentally tough and disciplined. And I really believe that's got to be the reason why your employer is lucky enough to get you. For sure, it's on their list. But I think that would serve you very well. I had a uh, 
podcast a while back with a, a coach who said, you got to be tough before you're good. And meaning that you got to be able to anticipate the hard work that's going to come and get through it. And again, I think you've exemplified that you're more than there. It's a really exceptional experience base to come from all these different, literally championship caliber teams at so many levels. So one thing comes to mind for me, and that is I've always been a huge fan of the depth chart player, meaning those players that don't get a lot of time, but they're extraordinarily functional on team. Can you tell us your observations on the contribution that depth chart players had? Some people might refer to them as scout team. They probably don't get a lot of playing time. Typically as the freshmen or sophomores in the upper level programs like you played in. But what is their function? What did you learn about? Yeah, you know, that their importance really hit our team this year, I think. I think everybody on the roster knew how important every player was, even if they were a depth chart player. For us specifically this past season, you know, we dressed 19 skaters, but we did not skate 19 skaters. So, you know, there are some kids that were on the bench, but never touched the ice the whole game. And they were very crucial in our success as far as, you know, cheering everybody on, keeping positive attitude on the bench. Because, I mean, you get off the ice, there's some kids that are just trying to catch your breath before they have to get back out there. So it's tough to like trying to be cheering and keep the energy up when you're just trying to breathe. So those players on the bench, you know, I think played a crucial role in, in that aspect. But also, you know, there's some kids that don't get to dress and they're up in the stands, but that really helps in having another perspective on the game. So, you know, in the locker room between the periods, they can share stuff that they're seeing that we might not be seeing while we're out on the ice, which is really helpful. So, I mean, our teams knew that everybody played had played a really important role, whether, you know, you were playing two thirds of the game or whether you're in the stands, we wouldn't have had the success we did without everybody. And then tell us a little bit about how depth chart players helped in preparation. Like what did they do on track at the different level? Uh, and not so much skill based, but I don't know, you're a captain. One did you know your depth chart player just excellent. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, you know, just because they're not dressing in the games doesn't mean they're not competing in practice. Like everybody is out there playing as hard as they can in practice, which is really helpful, you know, even for those players that do play, like it's really encouraging to have a full roster out there willing to compete every day in practice, which I think is the biggest thing is they just really help us prepare to play other teams because, you know, in practice we're playing against some of the best players in the country, whether they're starting or not. That's excellent. And as a captain, what did you see as your role with regard to the term? You know, I think one of the important things is to make sure they don't get discouraged and to make sure that, you know, they do play an important role on the team because it can be really tough, you know, not ever getting to touch, touch the ice during games. But I think it's really important to emphasize, you know, how much they do mean to the team and that their time will come. And, you know, as a captain that, you know, would have to come from us a lot of the times, I think more of the emotional support would come from the team and the players and, you know, other players that have been in their spot just to like encourage them to keep going. Sure. Excellent. And definitely a good time to pivot to the whole idea of being coach. Are you going to miss being coach? I'm sure you have a manager. I, with respect to athletics. 
Yeah. Like you said, my coaching is not over. That will definitely move into my professional career. We actually at CLA call it, you get a career coach is what it's called. So they coach you throughout your career. But athletically, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about not having a coach anymore. Definitely won't miss getting yelled at on the bench, but they're all there just to help get you to the best player you can be, which for me, I think I was very happy with where I ended my career, which is a big part due to all of my coaches I've had. And I know even the tough days, they're just trying to help me get better, but yeah, I haven't, I know my coaching will follow me into my professional career. So we'll see. I'm very interested. I mean, you were literally playing hockey. Was it March or April? What was the last? Yeah, it was like second and third week of March. So, and you're, yeah, I mean, you're literally just off the ice. So that's great. Leads me to a great question or cheery question for me. What's next athletically for you? What are you going to do or what's your plan or don't really have? Well, the only plan I have right now is I joined a pickleball league. So my parents have kind of gotten out of the way. Beware. Yeah. So I'll be doing that like once a week, but hopefully I'll join like a women's hockey league this winter. There's like a Savis alumni team. It's just whether there's a spot open that I would be able to play on, you know, but other than that, my, we have a family membership to Lifetime Fitness, if you're familiar with that. So that's where I'll go work out. But yeah, I don't really have many plans. I have not skated since the national championship game, though. So. Probably the longest you've gone in decades. Yes, it is definitely the longest. Even when I broke my foot, this is still the longest I've gone without skating. So you got to tell us about breaking your foot now. Which sport did you break your foot? Well, so it's actually kind of a long story, but after my freshman year at Gustavus, we were doing off ice running agility work and my foot started hurting, but the trainers had thought it was just like turf toe. So I just kept training on it. They told me that it might just not heal till I get home and like can take a break. But I trained all summer and it was still bothering me. So finally in August, I went into the doctor and I had broken my sesamoid bones, which are two small little bones underneath your big toe joint. So I got put in a boot and on crutches for four weeks and then went back and they did not heal. So I ended up having to have surgery in September of my sophomore year. So my sophomore year of hockey was a rough one. I struggled. I don't think I knew how much my foot was impacting me until the next season or that season was over. I mean, I could, I limped around even without skates on. So. Yeah, that was a tough year, but definitely should have trusted my instinct to go in earlier to get it looked at, but. Yeah. It's just another amazing component to your story to be able to overcome that after playing to the pain that I'm shooting at. And then keeping your spirits up and resilient to get back on the ice eventually and, and accomplish what you did. So again, another congratulations. Quite impressive. And I think you're set up for excellent career with the ability to overcome. So I have a feeling that you'll do quite, quite well. This one I'm going to ask again. I don't think we quite finished it. So Kayla, in your professional career and looking forward, it's got to be full of unknowns, right? But given what you know, what are you most excited about? I think the most obvious answer that any recent college grad would say is to finally have an income. But, you know, I'm excited to build relationships with my coworkers. It's definitely going to be a tough transition going from 
you know, being on a hockey team where you're with your teammates several hours a day, every day of the week. So I'm hoping that'll transition into my professional career and I become just as close with my coworkers as I did with my teammates. But, you know, I'm also just looking forward to seeing where I end up. You know, I don't really know exactly right now where that's going to be. I think it's just going to kind of go organically how I enjoy things as I go. I did intern for almost two years with CLA, so I kind of know what I'm getting myself into, but I'm excited to start transitioning more into the leadership side of my work. Excellent. So that couple of summers of internship gave you a real taste of, they refer to it as culture and values. You need to articulate them a couple of them. But can you expand on that a little bit more? It's kind of like that gut feel. What is it about the feel of this company that's got you just, you're in the right spot? Yeah. Well, one thing they pride themselves on is there's a survey that gets sent out to multiple different companies and the satisfaction rate that CLA has is 87%, which is almost like unheard of because the industry average is about, or like, I don't even know if industry, it might just be the average overall is 57%. So I think the culture at CLA is really good. They do a really good job at you know, working with you to be flexible, to help you in, you know, what you need, whether that's, you know, 20 hours a week or a full-time employee, they're really flexible. You know, they also want us in the office, but they will work around if there's certain times that, you know, you need to be remote, which is really nice. And then the culture is just something different. I think we have industries within CLA. So I'm in the healthcare industry and I think each industry is really close as far as coworkers go. And the one thing that like I have experienced is they're the partners or principals are out talking to me as an associate, you know, so from top to bottom, I think everybody's really good at knowing each other on a personal level and not just a professional level, which is really encouraging for me. Okay. So a lot of this, based on your story earlier, a lot of overlap. Seems like you found a really, really good play. Where I want to pivot to next is, do you see your relationship with your teammates enduring over time? So why? Yes. So I lived with six girls in a house my junior year during COVID. And we were all on the hockey team at one point in time. And so I think us, like, especially my former roommates, I think I see us being close for a very long time. We go up to my cabin every summer as a reunion, you could say, but most of us live in the city still, so we get together. I definitely also see my team from this past season that won the national championship staying close as well, especially with one of our teammates just passed away. So I think that's a good bonding aspect for our team as well. That's really brought us closer together. I'm so sorry for your loss. I hope that fellowship that comes out of the trust and loyalty on that team something that carries you all forward long, long time. It's really important. I found even many decades later, I was on, which again, and the high school are still pretty tight. This is an amazing story because most of it is what is a 98.4 something percent of high school athletes just operate there. So your story is really amazing and inspirational. I mean, set yourself up for just a really, really successful decade to come. Man, I can't believe how fast time flies. I'm going to give the listeners a couple of my takeaways and then 
your fair warning to be thinking about a couple that you could do as well. But before we do that, though, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to cover or comment on the whole dining team that is how they prepare you for your professional career? I think we covered it, most of it. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate, again, congratulations. It's an excellent, excellent career and super inspirational. I think you set yourself up really, really quite nice. And I hope that, I do hope if there's any any young parents out there that are thinking about getting their kids in athletics, they can use you, Kayla, as an example of what can happen with hard work and dedication and, and learning to overcome getting mentally tough and being able to stick in there and get results with a bunch of people around you. So my takeaway, I'd come away kind of enthusiastic and jacked up. You more made me today. You know, we're generations apart and you just coming out of college and what you experienced as a captain, being able to see your role as you described it in taking care of other people more than you worried about yourself, making sure everything comes together was really refreshing to hear. I, I think it's one of the primary, I was really excited that that's what you explained to us because that's what you experienced. Another takeaway that was really interesting was I could just kind of see it in your face and the whole experience of being coached and the fact that you're actually walking into another organization where you have a career coach, probably besides your manager, as I understand it. And it's further affirmation for me that coaching is something that's very important that we continue to do. In fact, I had a guest in the recent past that said one of the biggest differences when we quit, when we set down our hockey stick or whatever that is, we quit being coached and that's a missed opportunity. So it's really neat that you put yourself into there and the fact that a quality organization like yours formalizes that, I think is really something. And lastly, you made the comment that when you lost the game, you're before you won the championship, you just got it in your head. You're going to go forward and get it done the next year. and. You did. And I think you went through a lot of reasons for us why that happened. And I hope the listener will really pick that off and listen with great focus and intent on what you talked about. Because I'm correcting if I'm wrong, I'm quite sure all those things came together and you worked them appropriately to get that result. And so again, congratulations. So your turn, what takeaways or advice might you have for the listener? Yeah, no. You know, I think one of the biggest takeaways is there's just certain aspects that you can't learn in the classroom. And I think sports is really important in teaching other lessons that have really helped me outside of my athletic career, you know, along with the friendships that have come out of all of my teams, like all of my best friends were my teammate at one point in a time or another. So I think just the social aspect of sports is really something that's hard to match. But yeah, there's definitely it will be something that I'll miss, but I'm sure I'll find one way or another to stay involved, whether, you know, it's playing in a women's league or rapping or coaching or some sort, but we'll see where it goes. Again, congratulations. Everybody, this is like Kayla Green, national champion. How extraordinary to starting out her career. I have all the confidence in the world. It's been a great one. I really appreciate everybody joining us today for another episode of the Fit Professional One podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to bring you excellent guests, Kayla. Again, have a great day. Time to get to work.